I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio by phone is the Chief of Interpretation for the Delaware Division of Parks and Recreation, John Wickert. Welcome, John. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you having me. I'm so glad uh, you're able to join us. Uh, for our listeners, a uh, little bit of uh, full disclosure, uh, the Division of the Arts has had a partnership with Division of Parks and Recreation for a number of years now, uh, in part because we find that our partnerships with both Parks and Recreation and Division of Libraries helps us to get arts programming out into the state, particularly into areas that uh, might be a little less uh, accessible by uh, arts organizations. And, John, what we're here today to talk about is sort of the the, the function of the parks uh, in Delaware for uh, uh, the broader purpose of serving Delawareans and, and visitors to Delaware, but then to really look at uh, the amazing array of, of programming that you have at the parks, both uh, – nature and and arts and culture related. So if you would, just give our listeners a little background about the the role of uh, the parks, uh, parks and recreation in serving Delaware. Certainly. You know, the mission of Delaware State Parks is not just about the stewardship of resources, but it's about the responsible use of resources as well and making those as available to the public as we can. And our mission is really heavily focused on providing service. Uh, We're trying to get people outside to have safe and enjoyable recreational experiences, uh, to learn and engage in nature, and also history and culture, and to kind of make parks a part of their life. And so what we do is we attempt to um, offer a variety of experiences across the entire Delaware State Park System that anyone, regardless of where their interests lie, can find something that, um, that works for them you know, that they can engage in on their terms, that they can learn things from, but that ultimately feeds into their passion and becomes a part of their life that they can hand on from generation to generation. And and as you mentioned, uh, some of the parks are, are, correct me if I'm wrong, but are, are more uh, history-oriented, others are more nature-oriented. Is that fair to say? Yes, I, I would say so. You know, we when the opportunity arises and it, it makes sense to do so, we try to bridge bridge those gaps. Mm-hmm. You know, if you t- say we discuss a site um, like Fort Delaware, which is one of my favorite sites in the entire state park system, and you know, all fourth graders uh, get to go to Fort Delaware for free this year. Um, fort Delaware really has a, a great underpinning in the geography of why it's located where it is. Um, you have a a world-class rookery there out on the island. We partner with the American Birding Association to bring that connection to people and to get them out on those trails as well. So while it is a historic site, and that's what it's most identified with, there's really a strong element of, of natural programming that takes place there. And really there's also, you know, if you look in our archives, there's a lot around the arts that took place um, out at Fort Delaware, and mm-hmm. we're trying to deliver as a message to people as well. So wherever we can weave kind of a common thread and fabric across all of those areas, we really try to do it. I know uh, times I've been out at uh, Fort Delaware seeing bald eagles up in the trees, and uh, just yeah, just an amazing uh, property. Let's let's uh, turn to uh, some of the programming as chief of interpretation. What does that mean, and and uh, what is your role in sort of overseeing the kind of programming that the parks? provide? So that's a great question. I get, I get asked that question all the time. What does interpretation mean, right? And so I guess the easiest way to kind of put this is what we're trying to do is connect people in a meaningful way to the resources that, that are, exist and are theirs, right? So we want them 
to learn a little about those resources, but ultimately we want them to connect to them in a way that's meaningful to them to help us preserve and conserve those resources and for them to then advocate for those resources in the end. So we're really trying to provoke people uh, to action by connecting them to something that is of value, whether they've already established a relationship with it prior or not. My role is to kind of lead um, that for the entire Delaware State Park system. So when you go to a Delaware State Park and you can participate in a public program, uh, you might go with a school group with a school program, or you might walk into one of our amazing nature centers or historic structures. My, my role is really to lead the team that is providing those experiences to you while you're there, um, making sure that there are opportunities of interest, uh, that you're going to have a great time while you're there, you're going to learn something, but again, that in the end, you're going to feel some kind of connection to those resources, you're going to want to come back, but you're going to want to advocate for those and make sure they exist for the next generation in a, a form that they can connect to. So, so upon visiting one of the state parks, some of your staff that you would see in the, the green polo shirts and khaki slacks or shorts, they are park interpreters, is that correct? That's correct, um, as are the the interpreters that you would see in maybe period clothing if you're at First State Heritage Park um, at, down at Fort Miles even at Cape Henlopen or at Fort Delaware. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's the whole range of interpretation, again, from the historical to the science and the, the nature. Uh, really uh, a, a wonderful way to experience Delaware. And and a little bit about the, the geographic spread of the parks. I mean, some of them are we're more familiar with, uh, others uh, a little less um, more off off the the beaten track, so to speak. So uh, we really cover the the state very well from north to south. You know, you have our city parks. You look at Wilmington State Parks, um, and it's multiple sites spread throughout the city of Wilmington. Um, you know, also in that area we have Bellevue and then Fox Point, which is a, a beautiful park. You can go and sit and watch the ships move um, up and down the Delaware River. You know, the Amtrak train passes behind you, and you're on a super fun, a former super fun site. Um, and so you. That's one of my favorites because it's not what you tend to think of as your traditional park, right? And then as you move south, then you have these really great places like Lums Pond. I mean, while we have the zip lining and the camping and, you know, that campground upgrade um, we're finishing right now, um, you also have some really amazing vernal pools uh, there. And one of the it's one of the sites in the estate with the largest biodiversity of insects, you know, that people don't necessarily realize exists. I uh, really, you think you look at First State Heritage Park, and we're hitting a multitude of interests there at First State Heritage Park, a park without boundaries. You know, you can get into the Biggs Museum, the Schwartz Center, um, obviously the archives and all of those great locations that um, Historic and Cultural Affairs runs. And it's a, it's a, essentially it's a really great partnership across a whole bunch of great organizations within the Department of State and with Delaware State Parks and other agencies to provide those experiences to the citizens of Delaware and our visitors. Um, and then I guess, you know, the other one, kind of a gem for me, is Fort Miles at Cape Henlopen. We have, that's probably our most heavily visited park in the system. We have people that, you know, drive on the beach and enjoy surf fishing and all the other opportunities we offer there, and they don't realize there are those uh, World War II era and Cold War gun batteries right underneath the dunes, right under their feet. Um, you know, the, the cantonment area and the towers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just amazes me to think that we have people that walk uh, through there all the time and recreate and don't realize that they're standing on a, a piece of really significant history. 
Yeah, fascinating. You know, I, I love hearing about this because, as you say, you know, the, the parks just have so much to offer, and uh, for for people with all kinds of interests and uh, all throughout the state. Let's let's turn now to some of the cultural programming. As I uh, mentioned earlier, I I. Uh, I am amazed at, at the array of programming you have at parks throughout the state. I went to your website, which before I forget, uh, remind our listeners, uh, they can learn about uh, your programs through www.destateparks.com slash summerconcerts. Uh, it's a great, uh, informative website there. And there's also a, a, a brochure uh, that can be downloaded that, that uh, outlines all of the programming at all of the state parks, just an incredible array. Let's, uh, let's turn to that and uh, start hearing about what some of the offerings are that people can, uh, can avail themselves of throughout the state over the summer. Absolutely. Well, I think, too, it is a great opportunity. You, know, you mentioned that, that program guide, that publication you can download off the website. That's available in every state park, but in the um, major libraries across the state as well. So it's very accessible for people to kind of pick up and flip through. But um, I guess, you know, what I want to – we have a wide variety of programs like you mentioned, Paul. But there, some of the ones that excite me the most really are these ones that come out of the partnership between the Division of the Arts and State Parks. Mm -hmm. And it's really enabled us to offer a wider variety of of programs, you know, increase the diversity of programs, but also the audience that we're able to to impact and to to touch base with. And so we are, while you can find these programs in the program guide and at uh, destateparks.com, we are uploading them into Delaware Scene as well. Right. So there's lots of places for people to find these. Um, one of our really popular programs that, that we've worked together with the Division of the Arts on, and we're going to bring back again this year, is Bill Lepp. And Bill Lepp is a storyteller. And so he comes to us. He's, he's hilarious. Um, he's appropriate for all ages. Um, last year we had him actually in Legislative Hall. Um, and this year we're going to have him at multiple sites across the state. And um, there are two things we're really excited about. One is he's going to be providing... Um, for a handful of state agencies and their interpreters, workshops on storytelling so that we can do a better job across the state of of telling stories and especially passing along oral histories and continuing those traditions in our programming. And so that's going to be really exciting. But he's going to be presenting over the weekend of October 22nd and 23rd at Cape Henlopen State Park, Trap Pond State Park, and at Auburn Heights. and he's also, we've partnered with the First State Heritage Parks and the Schwartz Center, and there will be a free um, storytelling event for the community at the Schwartz Center that Bill's going to put on as well uh, in downtown Dover. So we're really, really excited about that, uh, as well as bringing back some of our theatrical performances, uh, such as the Reedy Point Players, which will be at Auburn Heights. That'll um, probably be this fall. Um, and John Flynn, who's a folk singer, he will be at Bellevue State Park August 4th at 630. Um, there, there's a lot that we're kind of still, you know, we're still putting together. And whether they happen in the, the summer or the fall is uh, somewhat up in the air at this point. But it's a really great variety because we're bringing the Kamal Dance and Music Group to White Clay Creek State Park and looking at Indian dance. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is going to be just absolutely phenomenal once we pull that together. And we're going to have, and this is going to be really great, I think, especially for families, um, an interactive storytelling series um, this summer at White Clay Creek. So we have Mama Earth, and and, she'll, and they'll be there August 31st. And on September 11th, we're going to have Roy Justice. 
and September 24th, Clem Bowen. And so we're really excited. That's something we've never really done before. And we're trying to get more into the storytelling side of things, obviously to continue folk traditions. But um, we've been collecting a lot of really great oral histories as a project at Delaware State Parks. And a lot of those are focused around the Port, Port Penn area um, and, and folk life. And we're really excited to try to kind of dip our feet a little bit deeper in that water and share those things with the citizens of Delaware. Uh, this is just the array of, of programming is amazing. Uh, I want to continue in this vein, but first uh, let me remind our listeners, you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest joining us by phone is John Wickert, the Chief of Interpretation for the Delaware Division of Parks and Recreation. We're talking about the Delaware State Parks and, and the programming that is available uh, throughout the course of the summer. John, I, I'm, I'm leafing through the uh, brochure and and it, it just struck me that it, you can basically avail yourself every night of the week all summer long by going to a program at a state park. I see the Bellevue has programs on Sundays and Thursdays, White Clay Creek on Wednesdays, uh, Wilmington State Parks on Mondays, Killens Pond on Fridays. Uh, and Delaware is small enough that you can avail yourself of any or all of these programs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's one thing. One reason I really love working for Delaware State Parks is I can bring my family to work with me to some, to some extent, you know. Mm-hmm. And so on the weekends, that's exactly what you described, Paul, is what my, my family does. You know, we'll go to Killens Pond and we'll go for a hike around the Pondside Trail. And then we might go to the beach that same day. Or we might take a trip down the Trap Pond and, and go paddle um, in kayaks throughout the pond and finish our evening at, at the beach, you know, for a lantern tour in Battery mm-hmm. 519 or a stargazing program. Um, so, so you're absolutely right. You know, I, I think that's one of the, the challenges I like to put out there to people is pick up our Great Parks Pursuit activity guide mm-hmm. because we have a, a number of activities. There's 25 on there that people can pick from. Most of them are are free or $5 or less to participate in. But they give you this really great sample of all the phenomenal things happening in Delaware State Parks. And if you complete enough activities and you mail that in to me, I send you a free annual pass for the next calendar year and an array of prizes. For having just, just participated in that programming and engaging activities that you would enjoy. That's that. That's really great, and 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 I know from personal experience the the season pass to get into the parks is well worth the investment. It's uh, it's a great opportunity to to avail yourself of these these programs and and the, as you mentioned the resources that you have at all the parks. Um, let's let's go in a little bit to how you. I mean this this is a gargantuan task uh, for you to pull this programming together. Sort of how how do you go about beginning to shape. Uh, not only the season for a particular park, but but sort of the entire state. Sure. So I have to give a lot of credit to our interpretive programs managers at our sites. They're kind of the, the point people as far as interpretation go at each of our at each of our parks, and um, their names and contact information are listed in that program guide. But they really we we start planning our events uh, a solid six to eight months out. And, and looking at what is our staffing going to look like? What if people told us they want to see? Um, are there any big national or state initiatives that are taking place that we can partner with other organizations on? And we start pulling those together. But each site, I think you, you, know, you kind of touched on this earlier, Paul, has something that's unique about it. 
right? And an area of programming that tends to focus on. And that's a very intentional thing. You know, each of our sites have these kind of themes or, or unique elements, and we try to build as much programming as we can at those sites around what makes each of those sites unique. Mm-hmm. And then we build out from there. And so uh, when we see the opportunity to add, we do that. You know, Fort DuPont State Park now offers hay rides. Um, through the wetland trail and through um, Fort DuPont itself. That's something that we, we didn't really do up until about two years ago. And that's a great opportunity for people that, you know, maybe they don't want to hike, but they want to be engaged in the outdoors and, and they want it to be relaxing um, or they want to learn about the history of Fort DuPont and they don't want to necessarily walk it because it is quite a, a large area. You know, to be able to go and get in a, a hayride, that now became much more accessible to people that are interested in that type of experience. And so we're always looking for those sorts of opportunities. That's great. Now, I know a number of your parks, and maybe all, uh, have uh, some kind of a, a friends group. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, could, you, could you speak to those and, and what their role is and, and for, for individuals who are interested in sort of uh, yeah, helping or being involved, what, what that would entail? Yeah, absolutely. You know, our friends groups are, in my opinion, you know, along with all the rest of our volunteers, one of our most valuable assets. We could not, and partners, you know, we could not deliver what we do as a state park system were it not for the support of our friends groups and our volunteers. You know, they're one of our greatest advocates. They come out and help us deliver programs. Uh, they serve as hosts. They, you know, sometimes they fundraise and provide scholarships so people can participate in our programs. And not all parks have a friends group. Uh, some parks are certainly interested in, in having one and would love to have one. Some of them, for instance, Cape Henlopen and, and Bellevue have very established friends groups that have been with us for a long time. And getting involved is actually fairly easy. It really starts with coming to a friends meeting. You know, there's a tremendous amount of information about how to get involved in that area on the state parks website. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a low barrier to entry. You know, it's really just saying, I care about our parks. I want to work with the parks to um, help continue to make them sustainable and open to people. And just really having a, a, a good attitude around collaboration and wanting to give back to your community. And that's all you really need to have. Mm-hmm. And, and we're happy to have anyone that would like to be, you know, in, engaged in that work. That, that that's great, yeah, and, and yeah, I, I appreciate the the role that uh, volunteers and these friends groups play in in supporting supporting the work that you do. Um, are are these people some of the ones that helped uh, during the concerts? Because I know I'm living in Northern Delaware, I you know attend Bellevue concerts fairly uh, regularly, and there are sort of people assisting and you know getting people to the the you know the the band shell and so on. Uh, is that one of the roles that these friends groups play? Uh, at Bellevue, it certainly is. At Killam's Pond as well. You know, it varies kind of park to park where, mm-hmm. they, where they decide to get the most involved. But um, you're right. You know, they are. They tend to be very visible. And they're usually the people that are extremely friendly, extremely knowledgeable, and outrageously helpful, but are not wearing a, always a park's uniform. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably the easiest, you know, they're some of the nicest people you'll, you'll ever meet, and they'll go out of their way to do anything they can to assist you or, or to support whatever's happening in the park. And when you're interacting with someone like that, they're almost always a member of one of our friends groups. Is, is there any way to, to quantify the, uh, the number of people um, that, that uh, come into the parks uh, for these kinds of programs? 
So that's actually, you know, that's a great question, Paul. That's one of our current initiatives is that's really hard data to collect. Right, right. right. (laughs) Um, So take, for instance, our our concerts. We generally walk around and do conduct head counts to try to get a feel for it. But all of our interpretive programs and school programs that we deliver, we do actually have a database where we enter in the number of people that we've served through our programs. And so to give you a, a rough idea, in the previous calendar or previous fiscal year, um, we were somewhere in the ballpark of 220,000 people that we served through Delaware State Parks programs. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. So ap- approaching a quarter million, uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half left here. Uh, any other comments about or uh, uh, words of I- invitation for uh, the, the uh, concert series you have coming up in the parks? Most of them I see have uh, just recently started, started early June, but they, they all go through the summer pretty much, correct? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. They do go through the summer. Most of them end, you know, Labor Day weekend is, is the finish for most of them. Uh, you know, we're constantly expanding them. I would say, you know, for anyone that enjoys our, our summer concert series, I really encourage them, um, if they're able to do so, to contribute to our newly formed concert endowment, which was really generously uh, started by Dogfish Head Brewery. Mm-hmm. You know, we are really looking for ways to make sure that these concerts will never go away and that there will always be funding and that we can continue to bring in fantastic performers and to really pay them um, what their performances are worth. Because I'll be the first person to say, you know, they do a phenomenal job. People really enjoy these concerts. And uh, many of our performers um, do this on a shoestring budget for us, Mm -hmm. simply because we're a state agency. And, you know, obviously our relationship with uh, the Division of the Arts has enabled us to kind of bring in more acts and and to pay these performers what they're worth. Um, but we're always looking for um, more partnerships and any way we can to continue that trend. And on that note, it's time to wrap up. John, thanks so much for joining us. Paul, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yep.